going to be good. This is going to get bad. And we're going to hope it's going to get good again. Amen. And, uh, but it's going to uh, gonna get a little sad toward the end because you're going to need it because I need it. Amen. But uh, Psalms chapter number 26, we get reading in verse number 1. Bible says, Judge me, O Lord, for I have walked in mine integrity. I have trusted also in the Lord. Therefore I shall, shall not therefore I shall not slide. Examine me, O Lord. Prove me. Try my reins in my heart. For thy loving kindness is before my eyes, and I have walked in thy truth. I have not sat with vain persons, neither will I go in with the sinners. I have hated the congregation of evildoers, will not sit with the wicked. I will wash my hands in innocency, and so will I compass thy altar, O Lord, that I may publish with the voice of thanksgiving and tell thy wondrous works. Verse 8 says, Lord, I love the habitation of thy house and the place where thine honor dwelleth. Gather not my soul with sinners, nor my life with bloody men, in whose hands is mischief, and the right hand is full of bribes. But as for me, I will walk in my integrity. Redeem me, be merciful unto me. My foot standeth in an even place, and the congregation will I bless the Lord. Look with me at verse 1 and verse 2. And now in verse number 6. Look at verse 1. It says, Judge me, O Lord. Verse 2. Examine me, O Lord. Prove me. Try my reins and my heart. Look at verse number 6. The latter part. So will I compass thine altar, O Lord. I want to preach on this thought tonight where the Bible says, where David says, Judge me, examine me, prove me, try my reins in my heart. He says in verse 6, Compass thine altar, I will compass thine altar, O Lord. I want to preach on this thought and ask this question. Is your all on the altar? Is your all on the altar? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name as we come before you tonight, Lord God, we do thank you tonight for your precious word. Lord, we thank you tonight uh, for the songs of Zion that have spoken to our heart. Lord, encouraged us tonight. Have uh, given us, Lord, the, the pride to be able to go on another mouth for the honor and the glorifying of you, Father. We thank you for that tonight. Lord, I thank you for speaking to my heart. Lord, I thank you for each one of your children tonight that's made their way to the house of God. I pray, Lord, that you give them exactly what they said in need of. And I Pray, Lord, that you correct us in the areas where we need to be corrected. And, Lord, strengthen us in the areas where we need to be strengthened. And, Lord, God, encourage us as only you can. Lord, we're the sheep of your pasture. You're our shepherd. Oh, what a great shepherd you are. Lord, I do pray, God, tonight that you would speak to us one more time. Lord, we need you tonight. We're needy people. Lord, they don't need to hear from me. But, oh, God, they need to hear from you. But, Lord, I submit myself tonight. As your mouthpiece, I can pray, Lord God, uh, that you'd speak through me, Lord, for I cannot help this congregation, but Lord, I'm glad we can lift our eyes into the hills, which come with our help, our help coming from thee. And Lord, we love you tonight. We pray, Lord God, you'd add the riches of the bringing of your word. And we'll thank you, we'll praise you, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Is your all?
on the altars. I was studying this in the time of the psalm. It says at the beginning of the below Psalm 26, the psalm of David. This was a time in David's life when uh, he had uh, persecutors, a persecution had risen up against him. Uh, people had turned their back on him and had begun to spread lies about him and, and said that he was not uh, who they, that he claimed to be and, and that he was not a man after God's own heart and, and that he was not a man that walked to please the Lord, but rather he was a wicked man. They say ungodly things about him. You remember Absalom, his own son, would rise up against him and would persuade of the hearts of the people to turn against his own father, David. One time people that uh, that was loyal to King David now had turned their back on King David. You go on and find uh, that David had a counselor by the name of Ahithophel. He'll talk about, I believe in Psalms 56, he said, we made our way to the house of God. We walked together. We counseled together. We, we talked together. I, I poured my heart out to you. Talking about Ahithophel. But Ahithophel had conspired against David to have David put to death. David's at a low point in his life. David is at a very a difficult place in his life. And when we come to Psalms 26, he's, he's looking unto the Lord and he's saying, Lord, I need you to judge me. I need you to examine me. I need you to prove me. I need you to try my reins, my heart. It says in verse 6, I will compass thy altar, O Lord. David is wanting God to search him. David is wanting God to examine him. David's wanting God uh, to judge him. To see if there be any wicked thing within him. David saying, Lord, only you, only you can, can fix this. Only you, Lord, know truly is my heart really right with you. Can I say to you tonight that that's the way you and I ought to be. There's ought to be times in our life when we get on the altar and say, God, judge me. God, examine me. God, prove me. Try my reins in my heart. Lord, if there be anything within me that's wrong, that's not pleasing unto you, show it to me, Lord, that I might get it right with you. Can I say to you, we need that in this hour where we have that. When you think about this in the church hymnal, page 407, is not all, is not all on the altar. We sing that song. And we sing that song, I surrender all. And we, we say it with our lips, but we understand with our hearts. We're not truly surrendered all unto the Lord for those areas in our lives, those areas and places of things we've not given to God. But let me say to the child of God, it ought not be that way, but we ought to have our own altar and say, Lord, thank God you give it to me. You give it and you take it away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I have what I have not because of who I am, but I have what I have because God's been good in my life and there ought not be anything in my life that I don't submit unto the Lord, whether it be my marriage, whether be my children, whether it be my child, whether it be the ministry God's given me, whatever the area in my life may be, I ought to be willing to put it all on the altar. I notice four things in this text that when David put his all on the altar, there was four things that come from his life, and I believe we'll find these four things that will come from our life. Maybe tonight we can look at a test and see now maybe we can find if our all is really on the altar if these four things are in our life. First of all, I notice first thing that was evident in David's life when it was all on the altar is he had a special want. 
He had a, a walk. He had a special walk. There's things in verse 1 that David says he wants God to do for him. He says he wants God to judge him. I looked that up, that phrase, judge me, O Lord. And this is what it says, this is what it says it means. To put one to the test from God's all-knowing eye. To be put to the test from God's all-knowing eye. Who all would say amen tonight? The Lord knows everything. Amen. And let me say the things that we think that we've got hidden from everybody else. The Lord Jesus knows all about it. And let me say the things, listen, neighbor, that you may do in the night that you don't think God knows anything about. Your wife, your husband, your children, your parents may not know nothing about. But hear me, there's an all-seeing eye that sits on the throne of heaven that knows our uprising and He knows our downfalls. He knows our ends. He knows our house. He knows everything about us. He told about the fact in the Gospels. He made mention about the fact he knows how many even how many hairs are upon our head. Now some of you men that don't do much for it. But y'all ladies probably scratch your head and say, wow, that's pretty amazing. Amen. They know so much about us. Can I say this one evening? He knows everything about us. David had his all on the altar. And the way that we can see David had his all on the altar is that he got honest before God. And he said, God, I want you to judge me. Can I tell you, you see, the reason why some people don't say, Lord, judge me is because they're scared the Lord's going to judge them. Y'all ever heard this? It's not like, don't, don't judge now. Don't judge. Y'all ever heard that? Don't judge. Don't, don't judge. The Bible said, thou shalt not judge. Don't judge. Don't judge. But you know what Proverbs said? A righteous man judges all things. He said you'll know a tree by the fruit that it bears. That sounds like me. There's got to be some judging in order to know what kind of fruit that it bears. But you understand, he talks about that judging. He's talking about it happening the wrong way. When he says that you're judging your brother and you're looking at the twig, he's got his eye, and you're failing to realize the beam that you've got in your own eye. Other words, he's talking about don't go try to clean out somebody else's house when your own house is full of garbage. Amen. Right. But let me say, when you get honest before God, when you say, Lord, I don't want nothing to be hidden from your all-knowing eye. I don't want nothing to be secret in my life. I don't want no sin to go unconfessed. I don't want nothing in my life to hinder you from using me. I don't want nothing in my life to hinder you from working in my life. Lord, so I put my all on the altar. Lord, I want you to judge me. Have you ever asked God to judge you? Let me say this. He is the judge of all judges. Amen. There will be a day where they're saved or lost. We will stand before that judge. One will stand at the great white throne judgment. Those of friends that are lost. And those that are saved will stand at the judgment seat of Christ. But mark it down. We will stand before the judge. He says judge me. But then he says examine me. Look at where to examine. It means to scrutinize. Or to look closely. Now, that seemed a lot, brother Donnie, that seemed a lot like with the first one, men. For God's all-knowing eye searching us to and fro. But when I got to thinking about that word, scrutinize, when I got to thinking about that word, looking closely, you know what that let me know? In order for the Lord to look closely, in order for the Lord to scrutinize, I mean, to examine it very deeply, who all would agree with me, that's going to require him to get close. 
He says here, I want you to examine me. In other words, I want you to draw nigh to me. But you know what the Bible said in James? In order for God to draw nigh to us, somebody help me, you know what we're going to have to do? We're going to have to draw nigh to Him. Let me say, you say, I feel like God is so far away. When's the last time that you scooted up close unto the Lord Jesus and said, Lord, I want you to examine me. I want you to put me to the test. I want you to scrutinize me. Y'all ever heard about the man and woman in the car? They're in the pickup truck, single cab. The wife one day looks over at the husband and she says this, Brother Aaron, we don't sit as close as we used to. You know what the man in the driver's seat said? Well, honey, I wasn't the one to move. <laughs> Amen. Let me say this evening, if we feel so far away from God, it ain't God that's left us. Friend, for he said, I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. But who all would agree with me? There's been plenty of times in my life where I've gone after strange gods. I've gone after the things of this world. And let me say to you this evening, I'm glad he'll never leave me nor forsake me. But there's been plenty of times that Paul Cannon has turned his back on the Lord. David said, Lord, I want you to examine me. You know why he's praying that? Because his all's on the altar. He says, just prove me. The word prove means to put one to the test of genuineness. To put one to the test. I didn't grow up in school. I didn't like tests. Somebody say amen. If you like tests, you're a strange bird. Amen. Like but you know what I found? That test will tell on you. If you fail. We're living in a generation, all teachers say amen this. We're living in a generation where it's not the kids' fault, it's always the teacher's fault. Yeah. Not my baby now. Come on now. You know my baby, my baby makes my, my baby just needs a better teacher. My baby just needs it. Long as y'all say amen. What your child needs the same thing my child needs is a good old woman. <laughs> amen. But you know what it means? It means to put the test to test its genuineness. I say it like this to see if it's the real deal. When's the last time you got on the altar? You said, Lord, I want you to test me. I want you to make sure you're full of God when you go praying that. You say, Lord, I want my all to be on the altar. I want you to judge me. I want you to examine me. Lord, I want you to put me to the test. Remember old Job? Who all would say, Amen, he was put to the test. When Satan said about the Lord, he said, The only reason why he serves you is because you blessed him. Let me take all them blessings away from him, Lord. And I guarantee you, you want to have him curse you in his face. But I want to say that we go study old Job's life. You know what? He went to the graveyard. He saw his houses burned down. He saw all these things happen. He even saw his wife look at him and say, Won't you curse God and die? But he said, He looked at him and said, You speak like a foolish woman. And this is what he said. He said, The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. You know what old Job had? Job had genuine faith that when his whole world was falling apart, he still trusted God. He still kept his integrity. And he still serve the Lord. Right. Now, Jamie and I, we find when you're always on the altar, you'll say, Lord, prove me. That word there, try my reins in my heart. It means that that's the idea of testing metals to find their true value. It also has the idea of removing the dross, the impurities. You know what I found when I say, Lord, try my reins in my heart? You know what I find out? You ready for this? I find out that I've got areas I need to work in. I'll find out I ain't as good as Christians as I thought I was. 
I'll find out that, listen, I don't have it all together like I thought I did. And that's the reason why some people, I don't want to get their all on the altar because they don't want to see the realness of how they really are. But, oh, there's been times I've had that all on the altar and I found out, Lord, I need to, I need to watch my attitude. I, I need to watch how I say that. I need to apologize to them. I need to be better at this. I need to do this better and I need to do that better. Know why? Because when that when you when you're put to the test, when that when that value comes in, you'll find out, oh, I've got some areas I need to work in. It was this last week was Thursday, it was Friday, third Friday. I need to get a money order. And uh I went to Walmart because you get a money order at Walmart. Got that plenty of times. And uh, I the line is so long because they, they, they didn't have no workers to work the money area, so they had to do it in the customer service. So I asked the lady at the cash register, opened my route. I said, it's on the return. She said, are they doing money orders? I need to know for I stand in this line. Somebody said, I don't want to stand in line and find out they don't get money. She told them, they do money orders. They've been doing them all day. They did deal. So I'm willing to wait in line. To wait over 40 minutes in line just to get up there so I need to get a money order. This is what the lady told me behind the counter. This is exactly what she said. Sorry, ma'am. We're not doing money orders. <laughs> you know, I'm sitting there thinking, which one's worse? You know, you ain't doing money orders or have you consulted me by calling me ma'am? <laughs> so I said, so you know, maybe I misunderstood her, Brother Jerry. Maybe I, maybe I misunderstood her. So I asked the question again. I need to get a money order. You know, if you would thought, she would be nothing to say, okay, this ain't a man, this is a servant. I do have a beard. Somebody say, you know what she said? Sorry, ma'am. We're not doing money orders. Something inside of me, y'all pray for that old man to give us trouble. And here I'm thinking myself, I done spent 40 minutes in this line. This is what I thought. I'll just go to the bank and I'll get a cashier's check. And I started turning around and walk, walk my and I'll sit down on me. Bank closes at 4 o'clock and it's 4 7. I'm thinking, I got your money order. She know my whole afternoon was spent doing it. Looking for somebody to give me the money order. Finally found me. Praise Jesus. But you know what I found out the process of all that? Paul Kenner's got some areas he's got to work on. I found out I got some areas in my life that I need some time in it. I need some, I need some improvement in I, I need some areas in my life where I need to say, Lord, I need you to help me. Somebody would say amen, and I know some said it. It took him just a week to make the moon and the stars, the sun, the earth, and Jupiter and Mars. But oh, how thankful he must be because he's still working on me. I want to say to you tonight, though he is still working on me, he's working on me to get those impurities out of my life. Some people don't want the Lord to go try their reins and their hearts because they don't want the Lord to put that finger on that area in their life that they got hidden from the Lord. They don't want the Lord to say, you're always going to be on the altar. You're going to have to give that to me. One preacher, one time, had a woman come to him. She said, preacher, the Lord convicted me this morning about my tongue. And I feel like I need to put my tongue on the altar. Richard looked at her and said, Man, with all due respect, the altar ain't big enough. <laughs> hey, man. Who all say amen now? We've got areas we need to work in. But when you go to put your all on the altar, you know what you're going to find out? There's going to be some special wants in your life. 
It's not going to be what the world wants. The world don't want to be judged. The world don't want to be tried. The world don't want to be examined. They don't want to be proven. There's coming a day where they will be. But then I notice this, secondly, I notice that when your all's on the altar list now, this is where it's going to get a little rough. Not only going to be a special walk, but there's going to be a separated walk. Yeah. If your all's on the altar, it's going to result in there being a separated walk. Look with me in verse 4. Listen to what David says here. He says, I have not sat with vain persons, neither will I go in with dissemblers. I have hated the congregation of evildoers, will not sit with the wicked. Who all agree with me? That sure does sound like that David was separated. Right. Now we get to look at these phrases because I'm just going to let the Bible preach tonight. Listen to what it says. Verse 4, he says, I have not sat with vain persons. I look that phrase up with vain persons means it means people who are false and hollow. To those who have no sincerity about the agree with this, People, when they talk about vain, it means that they're just empty. You know, I went back and I did the first time the word vain was mentioned in the Bible. You know where I found it at? Exodus chapter number 20, when the Lord was given the Ten Commandments. You know what he said? Thou shalt not take the Lord thy God's name in vain. First time it was mentioned, it was mentioned about when it comes to talking about the Lord's name. The word vain means shallow, means hollow, means empty. Who all would agree with me? We're living in a day where we've got a lot of church people. Let's just be honest. They're empty. Yes, right. yeah, they're not empty because of their lack of faith, so to speak. They're empty because, listen to me now, they've never had the Holy Ghost ever to live in them, period. Right. You know what Paul said in Romans? If you have not the Spirit of God, you're none of His. And we say this, if you're not, listen, if the Spirit of God's not living within you, then listen to me, neighbor, you're not saved. You know what David said? I will not sit with vain persons. Other words, he said, I'm not going to sit with shallow. I'm not going to sit. He's not saying that prideful. He's not saying that egotistically. I'm saying I'm better with them. But who all would agree with me? There's some people uh, that you can sit with, uh, that can encourage you, uh, that can strengthen your walk with God. But there are going to be people that you cannot fellowship with. David said, I, I will not sit. I have not sat with vain persons. Those hollow, those empty. Now he's not saying that as not being a witness. But I have found that sometimes I have to be a witness from a distance. I'm not going to go down to the bar and be a witness. You know what I found? I have found it's a lot easier to be pulled down than it is to pull up. How many people? Let me forget. One man said this is what he said. One man said he was going to go out to Las Vegas and he was going to cast out all the devils. What he said? What is this one said? You know what happened? Four or five years later, he got caught embezzling money. Then I do not think I know what I think he found out. There's a whole lot more devils than he don't do with it. Amen. I'm not going to go study witchcraft and demonology and all those things. I'm not go, I ain't doing all that. Somebody say amen. I've got a Bible that I can study. Somebody say amen. I don't need to worry about all that stuff. The devil, listen, the devil's the devil. God's God. I'd rather know more about God than I wouldn't know about the devil when you did it. Please, amen. You know how they tell the money? You know how they do about money? They tell the fake from the real? They don't go study the faith. Talk to them one more time to the faith. They say, how do y'all tell the faith money from the real money? She said, we don't go study the faith. We go study the real. And if we study the real enough, we have no problem telling the faith from the real. Amen. And let me just say this 
got some needy people along the way, but oh, I want to say thank God. Paul Harvey said, here's the rest of the story. I've also met some people full of faith. I've also met some people full of the Holy Ghost that had something they wanted to do for God. David said, I will not sit with many persons. He said, neither will I go in with the assemblers. When I found out the assemblers were, listen now, hypocrites. <laughs> People whose character is hidden. Right. One person, I was reminded, said this. He said, some people act like this. They said, they don't go to church, but they say they don't want to sit with hypocrites. He said, he told them, I'd rather go to church with you hypocrites than go to hell with all of them. What I found out, I went, there, there's hypocrites at Walmart. Hypocrites eat blue bell ice cream. They believe they do. And like they skinny, they ain't going to know about that. Skinny, they ain't going to know hypocrites. But you want to know what I found? I still go to Walmart. I still eat blue bell ice cream. No, why? Because there's going to be hypocrites. They were hypocrites in Jesus' day. There's going to be hypocrites in our day. You better believe it all. There may even be some here this evening. Oh, that they've got everybody fooled. They know they've got their true character hidden. And when men say like this, character's not what you do with a lie, but character's who you are in the night. Character is who you are when nobody else is around watching you. So what character is is when you've got that computer screen in front of you, you go out some bed sleep. That's who you really are. Oh yeah, you better believe it. Ma'am, character is, is when nobody else, this, this is what one man said about character. He said, character is who you are if you was on an island all by yourself and you could do whatever you wanted to do and nobody would find out. What you do is really who you are. You know what David said? I'm not going to be around here for this. I said, I just said, and I said again, I said, I've been around some empty folks. Yeah. But I choose to be around those that are full, those that, those that want to do something for God. Yeah. Those that got faith and desire to want to do something for God. I've been around some hypocrites. Yeah. The Lord of God, I've been around some that are real. Yeah. Oh, I wish I had somebody. I thank God I've been some. Thank God I've been by. I've been by the bed of some that were hypocrites. Somebody said that. But thank God I've been by the bedside of some children of God who in the wee eyes of the night, when their whole world was falling apart, they didn't walk away from God, but they kept their eyes on the Lord. And they said, there's a brother that are coming. There's a brother that are coming. They didn't quit on God. They didn't walk away. But they stayed true to the court. They stayed true to the They had their all on the altars. we got a generation now that just wants everything to come so immediately, come so fast-paced, and they want it, they want it yesterday. Who all agree that we've got a generation that's already going off the scene? That somebody said in that older generation, some of y'all get blessed to be able to know that old generation where they stuck like glue and when things were up, they were there, when things were down, they were there, and they stayed close to God, they stayed on the altar. You say, what well, they have, they don't have. They ain't listen, they had their all on the altar. David said, I will not sit with vain persons. I will not. Listen, he said, I will not sit with the siblings. I will not go with the, with the siblings. He says, I will not sit in the congregation of evildoers. The congregation of evildoers means to gather together for wicked purposes, for sin, reverently, listen now, to plot wickedness, in other words, to oppose God. Maybe y'all, I'm going to pray that. Maybe some of y'all didn't get that. Listen now. 
Congregation of evildoers. You know what a congregation of evildoers? Listen to this. Together, together for wicked purposes. For sin, reverie, to plot wickedness. Other words, to oppose God. Well, preacher, I go over there, but I don't participate with them. They say this. A man can go sleep with the dogs and not be a dog, but he's still going to wake up with fleas. Just say it, I'll say it again. If I stand up here, Brother Josh was down there, it'd be a whole lot easier for him to pull me down than it'll ever be for me to be able to pull me down. Let me say this. You ready for this? I ain't as good of a Christian as I like to think I am. And I'm going to bust your little ego right here. It's ready for it. You ain't either. You know what Jesus said about that model prayer? Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Let me say this. I have to watch where I go. Read this because I don't trust myself. I have to watch what I put before my eyes because I don't trust myself. I have to watch who I hang out with because I don't trust myself. And listen, sometimes I think I'm better than them. I know who I am because of the grace of God. I'll be right there in the best area. But listen, I ain't going to go to the parties. I ain't going to go to the drunken time. I'm not listening. I'm going to knock on. I'll go in to the Lord. But I ain't going to fellowship with them. Well, Jesus with this. Somebody say, well, Jesus fellowship with, with sinners. You better believe you give them. He didn't give their sin. He sat with them. He sat with them. He wasn't better than they were. He wasn't listen. He wasn't there to fellowship with them in the sense of condoning their sin, but he was there that he might change their life. Sometimes you've got to win them before you can win them. I understand that. Hear me, hear me well. We still ought to live a separated law. Amen. If it's that divine person, neither will I go with the sinless congregation of the evildoers. Sit with you. This ain't like David just went ahead and just, just hit this one while he was at it. Put their praise up, sit with you people. Know what it means? Be associated with them. <laughs> See, my David already done said that one time. But you know what David was saying, basically? I don't want there to be no doubt about it. I don't want there to be any question about my integrity. I don't, want, I don't want nobody to leave here not knowing how I truly feel about the situation. But I've not walked with the siblings. I've not sat with any persons. They're telling everybody that I took my bride. They're telling everybody I walked away. They're telling everybody my testimony. I'm a hypocrite. I ain't who I say. Hey, the Lord, I need you to judge me. I need you to examine me. Because God, I ain't walked where they walked. I ain't sat where they sat. I ain't cussed like they cussed. I ain't taking the bride like they've taken the bride. You know what I found? Some preachers, this to me. Have forsook the bride so that they might have the bride. You know what David said? Lord, I haven't forsaken you. I haven't taken the bride. I've stayed true, the Lord. They're lying about me, God. They're, 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 they're the root of my testimony. They're, they're, they're the scourge of my integrity. They're saying them all these things. And the only one, Lord, that can fix it, the only one, God, that can, can fix the wrong is you, God. I need you to do it. You know why? Because it's always on the altar. You say this, it's always on the altar. It resulted in a special wound. It resulted in a separated walk. We say this, it also resulted in this. It resulted in a supernatural work. Look, this, look at the phrases here in Psalms 26 that's associated with the Lord. 
Verse 3, he says this. Listen to this now, verse 3. For thy loving kindness. Y'all see that? Look at verse number 3 in the latter part. He says, for I have walked in thy truth. He says in verse number 7, that I may publish with the voice of thanksgiving and tell of all thy wondrous works. Verse number 8, listen now. Lord, I have loved the habitation of thy house. You see that three-letter word, thy? He's associating that with the Lord. He says in verse 3, Lord, thy loving kindness. Verse 3, thy truth. Verse 7, thy wondrous works, thy house. I looked up when we find here this supernatural work. David said in the supernatural work that was thy loving kindness. I love what the word loving kindness means. You ready for this? It means stooping down. Listen now. Stooping down of the superior to lift up the inferior. Oh, y'all didn't get that. I'm, I'm going to give y'all a chance to redeem y'all You know what David said? Lord, I've experienced thy loving kindness. You know what he said? I've experienced you as the superior coming down to the inferior. You want to know who the inferior is? Inferior is? David. But you want to know, you want to know who the superior is? It's the Lord. And you know what David said? Lord, I've been down. I've been really down. They lied about me, brother. They told this about me. They, they told everybody, I've done all these wicked things, Lord. I'm real low. But you know what the Lord said about God? And it's what David said about God. He said, I was real low. But I went down too low where the Lord couldn't come down to where I was. I want to say, thank God that you glad when you're real low. And you feel like you've reached the bottom. I'm glad we serve a God that yes, He's the superior one. But thank God, He loves dealing with the inferior. And when I'm on the bottom, I'm glad the superior can show His loving kindness and come down. Where we are. I'd say that's not that is a supernatural work. You want to know why? It's because only God can do that. I've already said it three times. This is the third time I said it. It's a whole lot easier to be pulled down than it ever is to pull up unless you're the Lord. Amen. Right. And can I say to you what I can't do? I'm glad the Lord can do. I'm glad He was up there and I was way down here. But I'm glad that God come down and He walked among men for 33 and a half years. He lived a sinless life. Why? Because I couldn't, I couldn't do it. But I'm glad He did. He showed me loving kindness. Is anybody glad tonight with some loving kindness? Is anybody glad that you was on the bottom? The Lord Jesus came to where he was. Hallelujah. And I'm feeling pretty good about it. I'm glad, thank God, when I reached by, you say I'm on the bottom tonight. Well, I've got good news. I'm glad we got a God that, thank God, he's well able to reach down to the bottom. That's where he found you at tonight. He said, to you. He said, thy loving kindness. Look at this. He said, thy truth. Look at this. Thy truth means to experience the promises of God. You know what David said thy truth is? David didn't have the full canon of Scripture. David didn't have a Bible. We got a Bible. We ought to say hallelujah tonight. We got a Bible. But David didn't have a Bible. But you know what David found out? Everything God said he was going to do, he did. He did. <laughs> Hallelujah. Everything he said he was going to do, he found that's exactly what he said he was going to do. It's exactly what he did. God said, like the songwriter said, his promises, promises, holding true. I'm 
face of the Lord, it's not exactly what he said he would do. I want to say I'm glad David didn't. Listen, David didn't have a Bible, but David said I was young and now I'm old and I've never seen the righteous forsaken or a seed baby bread. But thank God so many years later, I can pick up the candle of the scripture and say David said it, but I'm glad I can say it too. I'm glad I can say to you, friend, that thank God I was young and I'm still young, but I've only known for long. Some of y'all still got something like y'all are old. Amen. But I can say it like this stuff all the time. But God's not saved. I'm young, but now I'm old. But thank God I can still say, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or a seed begging bread. Now what? That's the promise of God. Is anybody glad tonight for the promises of God? I'll say this tonight. There's going to be some promises that are conditional. You won't ever experience if you're all laying on the altar. Thy truth, thy loving kindness, thy wondrous works. Verse 7. You know, you know what the word wondrous works was? Uh, it's amazing what, you, what happened when you let the Bible just preach to you. Amen. I'm just letting you know what these words mean. You know what wondrous works is? means to experience divine grace and his divine love. <laughs> Has anybody ever experienced any of the Lord's wondrous works? Yeah. I wonder if there's anybody in the house that I can say a good loud amen. Do you know what it is to experience God's grace? Amen. Is there anybody here tonight that can say, I know what it's like to experience his love? David said, I know what that's like. When David said, everybody's walking out. I found out he was a friend and walked in. Yep. But everybody else was not saying they loved me. I had one when I laid my head on my pillow at night that said, David, I know where you are. David, I still love you. I'm still going to show you my wondrous works. He said this, thy love kindness, thy truth, thy wondrous works. I love this one. Thy house. Yeah. Look at verse number 8. Lord, I love the habitation of thy house in the place where thine honor dwelleth. Underline that word, habitation. You've got to understand. Back in the Old Testament, the Lord, listen now, he would move upon a man, but he would leave that man. He would not seal him with the Holy Ghost. Remember, remember Samson? Samson would have the Spirit of God upon him, and that Spirit would depart from him. In the Old Testament, he would dwell within the tabernacle. But thank God in the New Testament, he dwells within the believer. But you know what David says? I love thy house. This is what he says. I love the habitation of thy house. That word habitation means the abiding of God. You can say it like this. I love being in your house when you're at home. Yeah. <laughs> Does anybody, anybody knows what it's like to be in God's house and him not be at home? But I wonder if there's anybody in the house tonight that can testify and say, but I also know what it's like to be in his house and him be at home. David said, I love the habitation of the house. Can I just say this about I love church? Yeah. Yeah. I do. I'm sorry. I, I mean, I know I'm weird, but I do. I love church. Right. I met my wife at church. We got married at church. Amen. Last, last 10, 10, 11 years of our life, we've been in church. I'm raised, I love church so much, I'm raising my children in church. I'm glad God lets me do this. Let me just say this tonight. Not nobody, not nobody said anything. I just want to clear it. I don't preach because I get paid to do it. God called me to do this. You can't preach. You can't pay me enough to do it. And you can't pay me enough to quit doing it. I've gone to church when it was popular. I've also been to church when it wasn't popular. I want to say I love the house of God. Listen, I love church. 
I walk out of here in a few minutes, Brother Rudy, and I'll go to the house, and I'll get ready for work tomorrow. I'm going to wake up tomorrow morning, I'm going to go to work. You know what's going to be on my mind? I can't wait till Wednesday night. I can't wait, listen, I can't wait for Brother Donnie or any secret teacher that's going to teach on Wednesday night. We don't know nothing about it. I, I can't wait for it. I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait for Sunday morning. I can't wait for Sunday night. I can't wait to hear the choir start singing. I can't wait to hear Sunday school teachers start teaching. I love it. I love church. You know why? You know why? Because of that desire within us. That's right. David said, Lord, I've been out here in the wilderness. All I can think about was being in your presence, being in your house. I'm glad not the church. David said it like this. He said, Lord, thy love and kindness, thy truth, thy wondrous words in thy house. He said, that's a supernatural work. Let me just say this, not church. It's a supernatural thing. So there's a lot of world don't like it, can't understand it. But this, this, this ain't an organization. It's an organism. It's alive. One man said it like this. He said, the church is a bride that cannot be divorced. It's a battalion that cannot be defeated. It's a body that cannot be diseased. It's a building that cannot be destroyed. I love the church. But listen, I love everything about it. I do. I just like being here. David said, I love the habitation. You know the reason why David could say that? Because he's always on the altar. I wonder tonight, is your all on the altar? Is it? Speaks about a speaking witness. So look what he says in verse 7. That I may publish with the voice of thanksgiving and tell of all thy wondrous works. David said, I'm going to tell people about it. You know one of the reasons why you may not have a desire to tell anybody about it? Because you're all, may not be on the altar. Look at the last verse 12. I'm done. My foot standeth in an evil, in an evil place. In the congregation. Uh-oh, some of y'all may have a problem with this. In the congregation. In the congregation will I be quiet. <laughs> I might be what the NIV says. I even think what the King James Bible says. There we can read that again. In the congregation will I put my hand over somebody else's mouth. They'll stay quiet. That might be what the ESV says. Let's look at what the King James Bible says. In the congregation will I bless the Lord. You want to know the reason why it could be that the church don't have any more praise to God than what He does? Because it may be that people's all in on the altar. Let me ask you this. When's the last time you just praised God? When's the last time that you just couldn't listen? I ain't talking about some crazy wacky, whatever you want to call it. Some kind of Crazy, wild thing. I ain't talking about that. Losing all that, all the crazy. I ain't talking about that. I'm talking about it when you just got that. I can't help it. Mm-hmm. You didn't care what the first one you left or your right ball about it. But God was just so richly good to you that you just had to praise Him. That you couldn't help but let those tears pour out. Right. You couldn't help but raise those hands. You couldn't help but get on that altar. You couldn't help but say Amen. You couldn't help but say Hallelujah. But God has been so good to you. You ain't experienced that in a while. Maybe because you're all in the altar. 
You know what this community means? You know what this county means? You know what this world means? 